podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate, hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. And thank goodness that we don't have a podcast sponsor of a milk brand because that would be a rough go on this the week of Joaquin Phoenix's anti-milk Oscar speech who knew it was coming yeah well we'd been getting signs throughout his many 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 awards this year and uh, I think he was scraping at the bottom of the barrel for what to say here but he finally you know he course corrected I think halfway through that speech and ended up somewhere Somewhere sort of nice. So, you know, it wasn't the worst moment of the night. Uh, we, yes, we will get there. Um, we're here to talk about the Oscars, the 2020 Oscars celebrating 2019 movies. It's always yes. confusing that there's like the two dates there. Uh, we watched it. Um, I think that we have a lot of opinions on things that <laughs> happened. Yeah. Uh, before we get started, you can follow us on social media. We're at PS You're Wrong on Instagram and Twitter. And we have an email account that's PS You're Wrong at gmail.com. Shelby got a lot of hate mail this week from a weird <laughs> bot person. So if you yeah. want to send us some of that, go for it. Dreams come true. Yeah. Truly unforgettable. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, it was an exciting night for us. I think we both were kind of thrilled with the mini choice, at least some of the choices in films, because there were so many good ones this year. I mean, just listening to our 2019 roundup ranking extravaganza, we... (laughs) You know, a lot of the a lot of the best picture nominees ended up in the top twenty, top ten, with a few surprises in there. But yeah, I mean, I ended up being very, very bad at guessing what was going to win. I think I'm going to blame uh, the fact that I did that Twitter Academy Award sort of like you you DM them and then they make up your list of your <laughs> guesses. Yeah, I didn't like half paying attention and. I didn't really think through or strategize a lot of these. So I ended up getting like six out of the, what is it? Oh my 24? gosh. I know it was, I don't bad. know how many I got, but it was definitely a lot more than it six. Was so bad. You got, I think the number was, I have it here. I think it was like 14 or something. Okay. Yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. No, I have no excuse. It was like dumb stuff too, that I thought I had put like, I thought I had put that original screenplay would be Parasite, but I had put Knives Out, which I'm like, that's what? like a pipe dream. <laughs> Shelby, <laughs> my gosh. I what know. were you thinking? I wasn't. That's the message. So Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <sighs> but I was glad to be wrong is the main takeaway. <laughs> It's tough when you have to fill out so many of these things. I went to this really great party that my friend hosts every year. And there I picked Ad Astra for whatever the sound category was. Just because I was like trying (laughs) to, um, you know, uh, what is it? Like vision board it into the world sort of. So, you know, we all make those kind of mistakes on the ballot (laughs) where things we just really want to happen. And, you know, like, but can you imagine if it had happened, then I would have gotten the point and also would have been so happy. You know, it's sort of like putting all of your eggs in one basket. Exactly. It could have been a big moment and you're just taking that gamble. Yeah. Yes. It didn't pay off, though. And that's okay because I was mostly happy with the results of the night. Speaking of gambles that didn't quite pay off, uh, let's talk about some of the outfits that people wore (laughs) because as always there are some swings and some misses and i would like to start with what i think is maybe an unpopular opinion okay okay which maybe i've brought this up before but every time it just gets more and more extreme 
Mm-hmm. I think Billy Porter is trolling us all. <laughs> I think that he at some point was like, how how far can I push this? Like, what types of things can I wear and still have people be like, yes, this is a look when clearly it is just wild. Like, yeah. he looked like he was auditioning for the Lion King last <laughs> night with whatever that outfit was. And... And then that thing a couple weeks ago where it was like that aquamarine dress with all the like lame looking butterfly tattoos on it. Like, (laughs) no, this is not working. And I don't know what's happening. But yeah, yeah. I, I've, if no one else has caught on, I have caught on to <laughs> what you're the doing. Emperor's sir. new clothes moment. And yes. that's coming in hot with mm-hmm. the realness. <laughs> yep. Yep. For sure. I think I was most surprised to see Saoirse Ronan on any of the best dress list. One, because I absolutely hated that dress. I thought the fabric choices were very weird. Like the purple had some sort of like wood grain pattern to it. And then it had this huge peplum top. It was very distracting to me, but worst of all were these bangs, which I'm I'm fairly certain were clip-ons, like just the way they were cut so high on her head. Clip-on um, bangs? Oh, yeah. It's a thing. You can get them on okay, like Amazon. I need, to, I need to look at this picture now. Saoirse Ronan at the... Okay, keep talking. I really just did not enjoy the look, which is unfortunate. But then Timothy Chalamet shows up in his freaking like Jiffy Lube uniform. And I was very irritated at him because, one, he slicked his hair back. Whatever. That's fine. Choices were made. But to show up to the Oscars looking like you're one of the valet guys, like, it's just it's just not a fun, clever thing. It's just kind of lazy and sad. So we don't think these are her real bangs? I'm hoping Does she not. normally not have bangs? I don't. They just look weird to me. I don't know. They look like... They look like a different shade from the rest of her hair. I don't like the cut. I'm I'm just not I'm not big on the bang look on her. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like zooming fringe. in. Zooming in on any celebrity at a red carpet is terrifying <laughs> because you can see just how much makeup they have on. And it's like you look good in the in the picture kind of far away and then you zoom up or like it's in person you see someone with yeah. that much makeup. It's like, oh gosh, what is happening? <laughs> But I think one of the most interesting red carpet moments that lent itself to many a tweet was uh, Natalie Portman showed up and she was wearing a, she looked cool. I thought she looked beautiful. I really liked the gown. And she had this cape that was cool. And then she was talking to someone and she's like, oh, by the way, like I've embroidered all the names of the female directors who weren't nominated this year, like hashtag solidarity, (laughs) which is great. It's like cute, but it's frustrating because it just, again, feels sort of like a pandering, self-congratulatory, like, look at how woke I am coming from a woman who has a lot of power to work with women, to star, like to feature in women's films, to even produce female directed films and she hasn't not a single time and so it's like it's just a little bit too i don't know just empty of a of a showy thing to do to get your likes and your retweets but so i was looking at uh i i thought it was kind of cool with when she had and she's the one who a few years ago was the one who said like and the all female directors or whatever yeah (laughs) so i think she's been on this bandwagon for a little while and i saw the tweet that was also like she doesn't work with female directors. Yeah. But then I was looking at the actual movies that she has listed on 
IMDb for her production studio. And there's only like six of them. And most (laughs) of them are either old or they're things that aren't out yet or they're things I've never heard of. So on one hand, like, yes. But on the other hand, it's not like she's, I don't know. It it feels to me like she hasn't really done that much producing. Or if she is, it's like like the most successful thing that she's listed as a producer on is Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, (laughs) which is like, I don't know. Well, I guess that's sort of the point, right? It's like if that's her, if that's her calling now, if that's like her mission is to support. But I don't think it is. Like, well, then why is she showing up dressing on behalf of them? Well, I think I think that she's yes, that she's like upset at that it they're not nominated. Yeah, and she's probably friends with some of them. But I don't think that she is, you know, like a power producer who's making all of these movies <laughs> and and has the power to do things that it isn't working. I mean, if she is producing stuff, it doesn't appear to me to be going that well. And she's been <laughs> acting in a bunch of weird movies, so I don't know. Right, but it seems like you know she's a well-known, well-regarded actress it'd be pretty easy to insist on, oh, well, one movie a year, I want to work with a female director or a female writer or whatever it is. Or Oh, yeah. I didn't look and see what her last yeah. movies were and who those directors were. But yeah, it's not a great, <laughs> not a great selection. I think it's just sort of like, it's great to, to draw attention to issues and it's great to talk about them. But if you're not going to put, if you're not going to walk the walk, then it's sort of like, well, what are you adding right now? Like, what are you, you have power, but you're not really wielding it in a responsible way. I don't know. Sometimes (laughs) I think like, sometimes I also think that there's too much, like Like people are trying to do good. Yeah. Yeah, It's like people are trying to do good things. And then it's like, well, it wasn't good enough. And it's like, well, then they're not going to do anything, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I agree. I just think it's unfortunate that, you know, she is, she does have a production company, but it's not, you know, like Margot Robbie is really trying to do female voices. So she's what putting she her, produced? she's produced, uh, Birds of Prey, I, Tanya. I don't remember what else, but, okay, you know, so I think there's a little, sure. bit, a little bit, you know, <laughs> like, yes, fine, great. <laughs> Um, let's get into the ceremony. So the opening, we again don't have a host. The Kevin Hart thing screwed us over last year. We're back again. No host. We open with this number, this Janelle Monae Mm -hmm. singing what is the strangest combination of songs that I think you could possibly (laughs) put together. Wait, pause. Did you not like the opening number? It's not that I didn't like it. What? just... No, no, I really did enjoy okay, it. Okay, it was okay. just, just very strange to me, and I'm confused right. as to like what yes. the choices mm-hmm. that were made. Mm-hmm. Because she starts, she comes out, it's like the Mr. Rogers backdrop, she's singing Won't She Be My Neighbor. Makes mm-hmm. sense. That's nominated. Great. Then she switches into this song, Come Alive, which I thought was had been written for the ceremony, but I guess Mm-mm. it was an old song that she had that had sort of been like retooled. All of her backup dancers are dressed like people from movies, Mm -hmm. but most of them are movies that aren't nominated this year. (laughs) And some of them were successful movies, you know, like, um, like us or Midsommar. But then there was also people dressed up like Queen and Slim. There was some like people dressed up like Dolomite, like not necessarily 
the most recognizable movies. Then Billy Porter comes out (laughs) and sings I'm Still Standing, which is an Elton John song. Okay, Rocket Man was this year. So that like kind of makes sense. But then Janelle Monae Go, switches back to her song and goes in the audience with just this long segment where she's like singing something and then wants the audience to repeat it and she keeps putting the mic in the different faces of like celebrities and some of them are game to do it and some of them aren't she's like putting the mic and pulling it away too fast though so you really can't like she keeps cutting people off I don't know it was just a very <laughs> and then at one point she ends up on the floor like I was just trying to envision like who pitched this and was like you know it would be great janelle monet billy porter we do the theme song from mr rogers we do an elton john song (laughs) we do a random song off of an album that she had six years ago we get some backup dancers dressed like movies that aren't even nominated like it was so weird did you not think that i think her it seemed to be directed in some part by her you know choice i don't know how she got on the stage but she's saying like it's time to come alive because the Oscars is so white. So her mission in the musical number was to highlight these voices and shows and movies that had not been addressed, not had that had not been recognized by the Oscars that featured predominantly POCs or I don't know, films that she felt were snubbed. But then there was people dressed up like the like Jojo Rabbit or like there were yeah, people in like military like uniforms and, and, and joke. Yeah. So I don't yeah. exactly know. <laughs> and the little women costumes looked more like Westworld costumes than little women. Like yeah. they were kind of like saloon girl outfits. Right. Well, she sort of said tonight we're celebrating all the amazing talent in this room. We're also celebrating all the women who directed phenomenal films And then she's like, I'm so proud to stand here as a black queer artist telling stories. Um, So it was like all over the place. I think what honestly it comes down to is that uh, once again, the Oscars in an attempt to address the issue of not highlighting these voices in the nominees were like, well, let's put as many POCs on the stage as possible throughout the night so that it looks diverse. Yes, that is definitely like that is definitely in the thought process. I just was kind of baffled by this. That It was a fun number, but it was just so strange. And then (laughs) after that, instead of like, you know, the traditional host monologue, we had Steve Martin and Chris Rock come out and do a monologue, which they have both hosted previously, which I thought this was fine. It was like fun. I thought it was bad. I remember last year, I don't remember who did it, but, Someone well, it was the, it was similar. like a Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, oh, yeah, yeah. Maya Rudolph, yeah. I think, all came out and did something. And this one, I don't know. They just weren't like vibing for me. And all the jokes felt really like patched together, sort of like lazy and just like very, you know, surface level, not at all clever, like written that morning type of jokes. I mean, maybe they were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like, oh, why don't why don't we have hosts? And then the punchline is Twitter. It's like, that is just the laziest joke that's been done for two years straight now. So it's like, it's not a zinger. It's not clever. It's not fun to watch. And then they focused a lot on Jeff Bezos for some reason and like gave him like four jokes. And it was like, I mean, you guys are all employed by this guy, you know, like it's like (laughs) he has a big hand in this Hollywood sphere now. So I don't know. It was just kind of weird. 
Yeah, I don't know. I thought I I can't remember like specific moments from it, but I remember watching <laughs> and being like, "Oh, this is like kind of funny." Although yeah. I will say, none of it compared to the Rebel Wilson uh, bits at the Baftas last week. Yeah. I don't know if you saw her like yes. presenting, but it was phenomenal. It yeah. was like so funny, the funniest monologue I've seen all year related to yeah, movies. Yeah, and the like, Spirit Awards did a great job. Like. Maybe that's why I just felt like in comparison, these were just like duds of jokes. Like everyone else had already been tapped to write for the other award shows. And so you got a joke that's like, oh, directors, something's missing from here. And then the punchline again is just vaginas. It's like, is that that the most scathing (laughs) joke you can think of? Is just like two men on stage, probably written by men making a joke that diminishes women once again to a single biological reference point like it's just like i don't know it all felt just kind of lazy i just i was happy to see them go (laughs) did you how did you feel about the ceremony as a whole because i thought it was i really liked it i thought that the opening and stuff was fun Mm -hmm. i thought that the musical numbers kind of throughout were good and i really (laughs) the thing that i really liked was that they got rid of those stupid best picture announcements throughout where they drag some random star out and and have them (laughs) read a paragraph about the movie and then we see clips like i was glad to say that to the end and i also really loved all of the packages that they put together for the nominees it did not feel rushed at all you know, like in some of these award shows, it feels like they're just like zipping through everything. But yeah. like Best Supporting Actor, we got like a nice video package. They read the nominees' names. Like it was very well put together. Even the smaller categories, I felt like didn't seem super yeah. hectic or like we just got to get through these. <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, I was entertained. I liked it. I really did like the opening number even though by the end I was sort of like, wow, this is <laughs> clearly just a, a grab for the most talented POCs in the room. But I did feel like there were some weird choices, like especially with the randomness of certain musical numbers, like Eminem showed up. like, And I, I did feel like, honestly, some of the packages, like especially that music number, that like music in movies The montage. score? No, no, no. The oh, one oh. that pre... Um, yes, that was above before Eminem that introduced the, Eminem, yes, that I guess. Led to Eminem. Yes. It just felt so lazily like clipped together. Like there was no smooth transitions or cool transitions. It was just like some songs were like just a single second and some got like a five second clip. And then I was also very <laughs> bothered by the introductions to the introductions. And Oh yeah. I don't I get why they do it because it's more famous people on the stage. And again, they got to use a lot of diverse people to introduce a lot of people. But I felt like there was a lot of wasted time in that situation. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like, did we need Beanie Feldstein to come out to introduce Mindy Kaling to present an award? Like, no, Mindy could have just walked out and we would have been fine. Yes. Yeah. Because especially there were other times then where, yeah, the stage would just rise or the lights would come on and there would just be someone there doing something. So some of the stuff got introductions. Some of the stuff didn't. Even like the five best song nominees, like some of them got introduced. Some of them, the people just started playing. The thing with the Eminem, I was also very confused as to why he was there. I'm still sort of confused, but the (laughs) rationale behind it apparently is he won best song for that song from 8 Mile back in, I don't know, like 2002 or whatever. And 
I guess that year they asked him to perform and he said no unless he could do the explicit version. And they said, <laughs> no, we want you to do a clean version. So he just didn't come at all. Yeah. So then this year they said, okay, you can come and perform your song that you didn't get to perform before. You can perform the explicit version and we'll just kind of like bleep out the sections that are explicit, which is what happened. Yeah. So... Like, in that way, I can kind of see, like, okay, they're writing a wrong or whatever, but that was never explained in the telecast. Oh, like, yeah, I think they so wanted random. the surprise <laughs> aspect of, like, him popping out and performing so much that they were, like, skipped over the reason why he was there, which then just led everyone to be baffled because like, yeah. he doesn't have a song <laughs> this year, he's not in a movie this year, like, there's really no connection at all. And usually the Oscars don't just pull random performers to perform about yeah. nothing, you know, like usually <laughs> yeah. there's a reason why they're there. So, well, and it's just, I mean, doubly ironic that the reason we don't have hosts this year or the last two years is all because Kevin Hart's Twitter was pulled up and he was saying homophobic things. Eminem just released an album of songs featuring the F, like the derogatory F word for the gay slur and gets no flack for it and is welcomed on the stage and is there to perform a song that's 18 years old. And it's like, it just seems sort of like these lessons aren't like these cancellations aren't really based on anything except certain levels of outrage for whatever reason happen and they have to adjust. And it's just like, I mean, I don't know. I felt kind of weird having Eminem there. I don't necessarily love him, even though that song is a bop and you really do feel it. But it was just sort of like, what, what is he doing here? Like, why are we celebrating this right now? Like it has zero relevancy and he's also not even like, like well regarded anymore, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think people, it is, it's always interesting, like who gets canceled for what things. And I think a lot of it, yeah, is like what, culture in general is upset by mm -hmm. and because Eminem has been basically doing the same shtick for 20 years like <laughs> nobody is like incensed by what oh, he's right. saying because because it's like okay this isn't new where Kevin Hart it's like you think one thing about him and then you find out something you're like oh my gosh <laughs> and so then people are going after him but what did you think about the five musical performances that were the nominated songs were there any that like really stood <laughs> out to you as either being good or bad I mean just like the nominations themselves I guess they were fairly forgettable I I mean, I appreciated the idea of having the, when Adina Menzel performed Into the Unknown, they had a bunch of the other, like the foreign language singers out there, which was very interesting and cool. Um, and also helped <laughs> sort of spread the load of those notes for Adina, um, who's had struggles with performing on that stage in the past. And so I liked that. I, I did find it weird that some got those intros, like, Josh Gad introduced Idina Menzel, got to make a pithy joke. And I think um, Harriet also got a intro. But some of them just like popped up and I just kind of zoned out because I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot this was nominated for anything. Yeah, the the Harriet one was good. Yeah. And the Adina Menzel one, I think, was the most interesting performance. The other three were all sort of forgettable. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I did. I liked the score nominees, how they had this orchestra yeah. play through all of yes. the scores kind of and gave that a little bit more time because I do like it kind of remembering, oh, yes, oh, that's yeah. the score. That's what this sounds like. So you can pick a rooting yeah. interest. It was also <laughs> pandering and kind of strange that they had someone come out and were like, and for the first time ever, a woman is directing oh. the orchestra that's playing the score. And it's like, I mean, you know, like I great, but also that. did anybody like yeah. know this or care? And also this is like the smallest possible thing <laughs> that you could have given anyone. Right. Yeah, I think that was the annoying. I think all of that annoyed me because this was when uh, Gal Gadot... Sigourney Weaver and um, Brie Larson came out. They do this whole shtick about women and empowerment. And then they're like messages. You know what? I think all women are superheroes. And it's just well, like. they all play superheroes. Yeah. Well, I get it. I, I understand. But it's just. It was probably the most grating moment of the of the whole night. Because it's just like. Yeah, again, it's just so pandering. It's like, and it's so like cheesy, cliche, and it, and it just goes in the other direction where, you know, feminism rose out of this need to be seen as complex creatures who aren't just like homemakers or whatever. And so now we're suddenly all superheroes. It's just like, it was just so tone deaf in a strange way. And it just felt so insincere in this, you know, Hollywood world. But it also was just so irrelevant to the fact that they just ended up introducing <laughs> this um, this director. Because it was like, I thought, oh, maybe they're doing like best actress. Like, I don't know. Like, I thought there would be something to come of it. But it was just all foreplay to say like, wow, the Oscars have never featured a female director. But tonight for five minutes, we've got one. And it was just well- like weird. <laughs> And it was like she wasn't directing the whole oh, yeah, evening. No. Yeah. She was only <laughs> directing that section. And it was yeah. like very performative. I mean, yes. like they had her in this weird gold like chainmail looking <laughs> thing. And she was like really hamming it up. I was like, do directors always look like this? Yeah. Because there is no possible way. <laughs> the, the presenters that annoyed me the most was the moment when my fave Rebel Wilson and then frigging <laughs> James Corden came out in like cat Didn't makeup. It work for you? Yeah. Well, it's like James Corden thought, you know, we'll sing anywhere at any time. <laughs> so obsessed with how great his vocal talent is. Mm. Clearly was thrilled to be cast in cats. Thought yeah. he was the hot shit. <laughs> And then Obsessed when with cats, fame, you might say, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, that was, mm-hmm, yeah, it's like a weird <laughs> statement on that, whatever. Then, then cats comes out, it does poorly, and now he's like, oh, I'm in on the joke, guys. I'm also in on the joke, and it's like, <laughs> no, no, you were not. You were not allowed to make fun of cats if you were in cat. Like, hey, you thought how come this it's was okay great. for Rebel Wilson? Well, because Rebel Wilson is is funny, and we like her, <laughs> so you know. It's like, who gets canceled? Who's allowed to do things? Not James Corden. (laughs) It was pretty funny, though, I thought. We can agree who the best presenters of the night were. Can we not? It was clearly Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph in their shtick that they had going. I had a soft spot for Shia LaBeouf and his co-star from Peter Oh, yes, they were great, too. Um, Zach Godsagan, I think is how you say it. But it was sad because, like... 
I've seen Beauty Brown of Hawken. I love that movie. I think it's a delight. And you see their friendship on that screen. Shia has been going to bat for Zach since the film even like started or whatever. And so there was this whole thread on Twitter that was just like, Shia LaBeouf laughs at that special it, special needs kid. What a dick. And it's like, listen to yourself. Like you can't even bother to name this guy, this actor. And you're just making these assumptions. It's like, yes, Shia was giggling, but I think there was a lot behind that and to me it just felt sort of like this brother yeah, you know friends sort of nudgy yeah <laughs> so I really thought it was cute and it was the first time a um down syndrome presenter was on the Oscars and I thought it was really cute that they did that and it was nice because the honey boy director who worked with Shia LaBeouf obviously defended him on Twitter and was like Shia was offered to present, but he said he wouldn't unless his co-star, Zach, could do it with him. And I just think that is just so cute. And they walked the red carpet together. And I just love them. Everyone should watch Peanut Butter Falcon. You know, I'll watch it eventually. At some point, <laughs> some sooner or later. I, I Just quick going back to my Rudolph. Does she have oh, a yeah, job sorry. other than presenting? She literally presents at every <laughs> single award show. She and she's great at it. Place. But also, yeah. like, yeah. She doesn't do anything else. Um... Okay, anything else on the ceremony or the performances or the presenters, or should we get into the awards themselves? Let's get into the awards. Get to all those okay. speeches. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. So I have them in order that they were presented, um, okay. which is kind of category-ish-wise. I don't know. So first up, supporting actor. This goes to Brad Pitt, which we knew was <laughs> going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, th- I, thought his, I thought his speech was fun. It wasn't anything yeah. like new or groundbreaking, but I liked it. Did you him. read that article about his ghostwriter for all these speeches he's been doing? Yes. <laughs> yes. I loved it. And so then, wonderful. but then apparently after the Oscars, he came out and said that no one, that like he had had, he'd okay. gotten like advice from people, but nobody, but that he had <laughs> written them all himself. So sure. I don't know. Yeah, it's, you know, who knows? It's just a funny story and idea. But yeah, he did a He did a nice job. It was he got his political zinger in. But then he was also sincere and happy. And um, it was a good award season for him. Yes. Talking about riding Leonardo DiCaprio's coattails. Yeah. Leo sitting there in the front row looking real, real cheery. <laughs> with God his 12 year old daughter on the date with him or was that or did i read that right or no i think that was his his <laughs> his of age girlfriend yeah. his 22 over 18 girlfriend yeah i don't know yeah. how much older but really you know cute. yeah <laughs> did you see the article though that i guess the dress that she wore was a wedding dress <laughs> oh yeah she's and people were signals. like yes making uh yeah. making jokes about that so then next up, we had the animated feature and animated short categories. Yes. So Toy Story 4 won this. I thought that, like, Toy Story 4 was sort of the obvious pick, but then I had gotten my hopes up in the last couple of weeks that maybe something else would win it. But I think there was just, it was just too spread out. Like, there wasn't yeah. a single, like, this is the other candidate. It was like a bunch of right. people liked all of them. Because Toy Story hasn't won anything, though, right? I mean, none well, of Well, definitely major. won for Toy Story 3. Three. No, I mean, I mean, Toy Story Four didn't win anything this season, right? Of like any of the major awards. Um, well, it didn't win the Golden Globes. I, I guess I don't. Know I don't if, know like, the other ones do that. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it was sort of a, you know, it was they won, and that's great. <laughs> Congrats. And then, and then, Hair Love won for Best Animated Short, yeah. which I think this was like the Issa Rae one. It had a lot of famous producers and stuff, and it was very upbeat. Yeah. Yes. So I can see why it 
beat out the other ones, which were all a little bit stranger and more bleak. Yeah. Yeah. I had, this is the only one I saw. I don't remember why. I think it was like on Twitter or something. And so it was easy to watch and it was cute. And I think it was a, it was a nice moment. I mean, I think they like, (laughs) is this the guy who shouted out Kobe Bryant at the very end? maybe i don't i was at this party and there were other uh, there was a lot of other people there so it's like i got the gist of it but i wasn't like sitting at home like attentive to every word so there were and there were parts where it was sort of like what is like like what did they say who is like if it wasn't somebody who was giving a speech that the room thought was interesting there were people chatting so like i heard the big speeches but you know then like animated short comes up there and like people (laughs) eat burgers yeah you know then we got the screenplay awards, which Parasite wins best original screenplay. So mm-hmm. this is like yeah. good a good sign for Parasite for the evening because you know it's up against Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Marriage Story, which I think were both like kind and of knives, front runners for a yeah, lot of yeah, the season. Yeah. And Knives Out, so you know there was a chance. And Knives Out, yes, <laughs> yes, your pick, Knives Out. <laughs> yeah. um, no, this was his first award of the evening, and it was such a cute moment because. He and his co-writer were up there and after he gave his remarks, his co-writer was saying some things and he was still, he was just in the background looking adoringly down at his Oscar and it was a very sweet little moment, gifable moment and I just, it was an endearing part that made me really excited for the things to come for the Parasite crew. So the next step was adapted screenplay, which Jojo Rabbit won. And like, yeah. I was, I like Jojo Rabbit, so I was happy for him. But also the Little Women adaption was just so yeah. good. And I wanted Greta to win something. I know, but this was a big moment. I mean, it was like the first indigenous person to win an Oscar. And he got to say that it, it was just a very moving like Tay, he's always a joker, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. even when he's been nominated for things before, he always makes a joke of it. But it was clearly like he was surprised and moved to be up there and getting that award, and he got emotional, and he just like dedicated it to all the indigenous kids in the world, and was like, "We're the original storytellers, and we can make it here as well." And so I was okay with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I was happy too. I just, I was like, Greta, we got to give more stuff to Greta. You know, she's great. Uh, Then best live action short happened, which went to The Neighbor's Window. Um, Did you have a chance to see this one at all? No, I didn't see any of the shorts. So The Neighbor's Window was about, is about this like couple that lives in Brooklyn and they are, they have a couple kids. They're maybe like in their forties or early fifties and they're like looking across at the apartment across from them one night and it's like two young people and they're like really getting it on. And then <laughs> they sort of, the original couple kind of starts to have like marital issues because this other, they're like watching this other couple and you know, like everything is so great for them. And then slowly you realize that the couple in the window across the street, the man is dying of cancer. He's like a young guy, but he has cancer. Um, so it sort of gets like a little melodramatic at the end and it was the only English language of the four or of the five. So I think it was mm-hmm. kind of like people were predicting that it would win. I don't know if it was necessarily the best one. But also then there were a couple of these that were just like bleak as all get out. There was one about this like whole girl's school in Guatemala that like caught on fire and everybody died locked in this room. You know, it's like so <laughs> 
in some ways I was kind of annoyed that it won, but then in other ways I was like, well, okay, it's like, let's not give it to one of these just like super downers, especially after last year where all of them were children were, dying. Yeah. Like, ugh, Dark. yikes. Um, next up is Best Production Design, which is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, their only award in the whole evening, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Brad Pitt. Oh, yes. And Brad Pitt. So they got two. They got two. And then costume design goes to Little Women. So finally, Little Women get something yes. it serves. Yeah, it was cute. I did not guess that would win. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> what did you think would win? I think for costume, I had said Jojo Rabbit. For I don't what? know why. The Nazi uniform? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what possessed me while I was going through that Twitter. Okay. Me, what? What are you doing? <laughs> oh At least I'm owning God. up to it. You know, I thought about going back, editing my responses, and then re uploading it to our Instagram, but I left it. So it's there. But hadn't you already? <laughs> you'd already had it up there. People knew. I know. Well, I know, but who really pays attention? I Shelby, we're journalists. Edits. Journalistic yeah. integrity. <laughs> well, that's we have why to I didn't. It. It. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Best documentary. American Factory wins. The yeah. Obamas are not there, sadly. Yeah. I don't know. I'd only seen this and Honeyland, but I still felt like American Factory didn't really deserve it. But I guess it makes this sense. Was- Again, I think in a lot in most of the short categories in this documentary category, it feels like this was a short year. Maybe everybody didn't necessarily get a chance to watch everything, mm-hmm. and that the kind of like easiest, mo like least taxing options won in all of the categories. Like I think For Sama and The Edge of Democracy and even Honeyland are all better documentaries than American Factory, but they're also all like a little bit more depressing and a little bit less fun where American factory is kind of like a chaotic fun energy for a lot of it. I mean, (laughs) it's sort of sad, but like you're watching these weird things go on at this factory (laughs) and it just like is a hot mess. Yeah. It's kind of un, it's unfocused in a way. There's not really a major, not plot, but you know, there's not like a carrying theme. And like no one's dying, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just, yeah, it's good. It's, it's interesting, but I guess it's a, an Academy Award winner now. Best documentary short goes to learning to skateboard in a war zone. If you're a girl, which is another one of these kind of like feel goody. Yeah. Ones. Cute. It's about this school in Afghanistan that teaches girls to skate. I get, I think it teaches everyone to skateboard, but the documentary is specifically about girls. But again, this beats out some more taxing heavy hitters okay best supporting actress laura dern i mean the thing with all the acting categories absolutely none of them were surprises like we all knew it was happening so it was basically just how will their 17th um (laughs) speech of the season go and she's cute i love her she gave a sweet shout out to her parents and got emo which is always a nice touch so so now I'm trying to figure out the which six did you guess? Because we knew all four <laughs> of the acting ones going in. And we knew yep. Parasite was going to win Best International. Yeah. And then, and then you got everything best... else literally yeah, wrong. Yeah, pretty much. Well, let's see. My final count was... Eight, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten. Okay. I oh, ten. okay. Okay. I got ten. Okay. Okay. Better off. Oh, my yeah. Gosh. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say, what do you think? Kathy Bates was gonna win Best yeah. Supporting Actress or something? My no, word. I got all I got all the actors. I got the best picture and um and then like a few random things like original score and cinematography. So 
It's not too shabby. It was just embarrassing. Okay, best cinematography was another one that we all knew who was going to win. <laughs> yeah. um, sound editing goes to Ford versus Ferrari for the vroom vroom noises. Sound mixing <laughs> goes to 1917 for the, you know, guns and stuff. I wanted Ad Astra to win sound mixing so bad. I was having like flashbacks to that yeah. glorious moment last year where First Man won the Oscar <laughs> for production design or whatever That's it was. Right. And just like no one was expecting it and it was so great and I was like Ad Astra's here for a reason. It's here for a reason. No one knows what sound mixing is anyways. Come on, just like vote for Ad Astra because you love that movie. And no it didn't it, win. Though. Yeah. I'm sorry. But at this point in the evening, also, I feel like ev- all of the winners were kind of predictable. Like, nothing crazy had yeah. happened yet at this point. We yeah. really don't get crazy until the very end. Yeah. Um, cinematography goes to 1917. That was pretty predictable. Best editing went to Ford versus Ferrari, which I thought <laughs> that was kind of strange. Like, it was very strange. I mean, very strange. No offense to Ford versus Ferrari, but it's not like... There seem to be bolder choices made in the editing department in other films, but maybe people don't understand what editing is. I was kind of surprised the Irishman didn't win this just because, like, it's so much editing. You know what I mean? It's like four hours worth of editing. Of the nine Best Picture nominees, the only one to not win any Oscar of any sort last night was The Irishman. But wouldn't it have been better if that had been (laughs) Joker, you know? Well, yeah, but Joker was always going to win Joaquin Phoenix. Like, we knew that. So the Irishman didn't win anything. And I think that's just, you know, that's just a nice little, nice little silver lining for me. (laughs) Best visual effects goes to 1917, beating out the Irishman's face, uh, like, you know, all their new faces that they were adding to everybody. You know, I think, I think Endgame, like, you know... Superhero movies, whatever, you can have problems with them. But they're basically 90% visual effects. <laughs> and well, The Lion King's legit. 100% visual, ex- <laughs> visual effects. That's true. Yeah, I guess either of those seems to make more sense than the 1917, where, like, yes, it's cool that, like, the night scene was basically shot during the day and they just made it at night. But I don't know. Justice for I was- Iron Man. I was watching a clip or, I don't know, something on Twitter about Avengers, and they said that they don't even really put makeup on the actors. I know. They do all of that later as well. <laughs> I was so like, lazy. okay, this is just getting crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, no, well, we, like, we don't want to get locked yeah. into a makeup look. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. They don't even do, like, costumes. Like, it's like you see a picture of, like, Spider-Man's costume when he's acting. It looks like garbage. It looks like they got it at the party store down the street. And it's all V. It's all VX. So it's like, why don't they get more awards for this? I think it's just because they're sort of a snobby. You know, they'd rather award real cinema. I mean, I love Endgame, but I love 1917 more. So yeah. glad that it won. And at this point, <laughs> 1917 has three Oscars. Parasite only has one at this point. Yes, yeah, just the screen. I think so yeah. So so it felt like at this point that it was maybe 1917 was going to be on a <laughs> on a roll. Uh, bombshell wins for hair and makeup. Did you get that right? That you should have gotten. <laughs> what did Judy. you put? <laughs> Judy? <laughs> what makeup was in Judy? I have no idea. I thought I thought they did some sort of face stuff for Judy herself. I never saw it. I don't know why I selected it. Okay? I was just... Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was, Shelby. I was on some cough syrup or something that was messing with my... my uh, 
my analytical brain. So yeah, I missed Wild. this one. It was embarrassing. Parasite wins best international <laughs> feature, which we have known for approximately 700 months that yeah. that was going to happen. Yeah. And he seemed to think it was the last of it because he basically used it as an opportunity to shout out his whole cast and the crew and like was like, yes, thank you for this movie. He's like, I'm going to go drink now. Little did he know. <laughs> Little did he know he'd be back, back yeah. again. Now we have best original score, which is when that lady in the golden battle armor does the whole yeah. score thing. And then Joker wins, which is like whatever. But the, at least it was a woman who did the score. Yeah, and she and was, she was very so cute. sweet. And she was so like soft spoken. And she's like, oh, women's stories matter. Like, say, you know, say your piece. And I was like, yes, this meant so much more to me than the we're all superheroes speech. So. I liked it. But it should have been 1917. Oh, that score was so good. Yeah. He's been long overdue, I feel like. Then Best Original Song did not go to Beyonce because she was not nominated. (laughs) It goes to Elton John, which I think we had kind of predicted this would be happening Mm. as well. Or at least I did. I don't know. I thought I put Harriet's song for some reason. Oh, I think because I was like in my brain, I was like, well, if they're going to give if they're going to try and make up for the Oscars so white thing, maybe they'd give the song to Cynthia, but. Oh no, they were not. (laughs) No, they, you think they think that much about that? No, there's no way. So, so now we're down to the big four and best director. This for me is where I knew that, or I had a very strong hunch that Parasite was going to win best picture because. Get on my level. (laughs) Usually best director goes to like the most technical of the directors. You know, if you think back about like other people who have won, like Alfonso Cuaron for Gravity, The Revenant won best director. It's like they're 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 movies that have a lot going on in them, even if they don't end up winning best picture. So I thought there was a possibility that like 1917 could win best director, but then Parasite could win best picture. But then when Parasite won best director, I was like, well, it makes no sense for him to win director, but then not win picture. Like that feels yeah. like an odd pairing to me. <laughs> Sad night for you. But he, this was like one of the more moving moments of the night. Um, he gets up there and quotes Martin Scorsese and ends up like asking for basically a standing ovation for Scorsese who I think was crying. I couldn't tell if he was just kind of embarrassed or if he'd been emotional. The internet is split on it. I think he was kind of embarrassed, but then was also emotional at the same time. Yeah. I mean, because he obviously put a lot of work into the Irishman and has, and I think it was, he's won this award before, so he didn't yeah. necessarily like need to have it. Um, but I think he was moved by Bong giving this speech but then the funny part was so then he goes on also to kind of say and quentin tarantino has like stood up for me (laughs) all of these years and has always like promoted my work and and so then we get tarantino he doesn't get a standing ovation but you know like he is having a good interaction with bong joon ho and then clearly now it's like okay well you've said you've called out two you have to call out the other two so then he's like oh yeah and sam mendes and todd phillips like your movies are great too or whatever which just sort of felt like a little bit of a slap in the face but also todd Phillips deserved it so you yes. know it was delightful it, it was like you could almost see him pause and be like hmm, what do I say about these two guys they make movies too <laughs> I loved it he was having a good time oh well I mean he was probably a little bit drunk at that point yeah. because <laughs> he had said he was gonna start drinking after international and then yeah. <laughs> here he is 
So then we get Best Actor, which Joaquin Phoenix wins, which we knew he was going to win. And his speech was like, (laughs) it was rough. It kind of started in one direction. And then he got on this thing about like, and you drink the milk that was meant for the baby calves and you take it from the mother cows and you drink it instead. And it's like, of all the things to possibly be taking a stand for, like, not drinking milk is like low well, on the list of narrow, priorities. You have a narrow perspective on what he was saying. He was speaking about animal rights. It wasn't literally don't drink milk. It was think about where you're getting your food from and think about what you're right. What you're putting but the example. <laughs> the example that he picks is yeah. milking cows, which I think <laughs> is hard to really rally people around. Like, yeah, that's uh, an injustice. We need to stop. I think what was more interesting to me and sort of cringe was he starts the speech sort of being like like oh we think we all care about different things but there's a lot of universality to it and like sort of started by being like you know whether it's queer rights or black lives or equality or sexism whatever racism or animal rights and it's just like you know I'm a vegetarian I'm pretty anti um the meat establishment as it currently is but i just don't think it's really good to conflate animal rights with like racism and that sort of issue feels a lot bigger and Shelby, so, I don't, but the cow, <laughs> the cow the, milk, they took the, cow. the milk from the baby no, cow. It's really sad how we treat animals. And I could see his point to a degree. It was weird to hear him talk about it in such a detailed, explicit example. But then even then he sort of just turned another corner and was like, oh, but we need to allow people to change, which this is the message I actually liked. It's like, I used to be a dick and now I'm trying to grow. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I think that's an important, I think that's a good message for someone in his position of privilege to say is like, we can all change and it's time to start to explore what we need to change and to not fear change and to make that move. And then he quoted his brother, which was very sweet. And again, he got emotional, which is always a trigger for me to get emotional. So I think he found his way. (laughs) Okay. It's one thing if you win an award and you're, like, very surprised and you have to go up there and you're, like, stumbling through, whatever. Joaquin Phoenix has won every award this year. He, like, knew that this was a very strong possibility that this was going to happen. The fact that he had nothing really, like, prepared or thought out or put together. Oh, it seemed very prepared. You don't think so? Well, I don't – I mean – if it was prepared, it wasn't, like, polished in any way, shape, or form. I mean – you think about like comparing it to, you know, like Laura Dern's speech or Brad mm-hmm. Pitt's speech or even some of the other, you know, just like random people who won for things. And this felt very like meandering, yeah. like he was trying to cover too many different yeah. points and sort of was like changing his mind midstream. I don't know. <laughs> I think that if if you know you're going to have this huge platform and you know that you want to say something like you need to get that. <laughs> like at least solidified in your mind a little bit because then yeah. Renee Zellweger wins best actress oh and I think gosh. has a, 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 the very similar problem of like just Much has no idea though. what's going on she's thanking everybody and their mother thanking people you know, just like saying names almost at a oh, certain I point it's like her speech it was so much worse than Joaquin's for me it was so bad 
Well, Joaquin didn't really like thank people. He just kind of like went on his <laughs> yeah. whatever philosophical mumble yeah. jumble. But Renee was like, ah, yes, let me just like say the names of every person who I've met in the last seven <laughs> years in like a random order with just weird kind of like asides like, and gibberish in between. Yeah. But then she was also like, and we all love heroes. We all have heroes. You know, we got we got a Harriet and we got Judy and we got scorsese and she just starts looking through the crowd yes basically, again like, just like naming <laughs> naming things <laughs> she's like barney i don't know it's just it was a weird speech and i also i i don't know i never knew she had an accent it feels weird to me because sometimes it gets a lot heavier than other times because yes. like halfway through the speech it became a lot more prominent than the rest of it well, she's from Texas originally, so I think that she did have an accent. But yes, it feels selective. Like it comes yeah. and goes and it's like, I can't what's happening here? Like, yeah. are you drunk? <laughs> I don't, the fact that she won is still just crazy to me over yeah. the other. Like there was just so many other good things. And yeah. it wasn't like she's already she's already won an Oscar. There were Saoirse Ronan. This was her fourth nomination. She's never <laughs> won. Like, why not give it to her? Scarlett Johansson's nominated for two separate things this year. You know, it's like there's other people who it yeah. feels like could have won. Well, and it's weird because she ended up giving a lot of the speech to like she's just celebrating Judy and like thanking Judy Garland. But Judy Garland's camp did not want did not like this movie like. Her daughter famously is very not into this movie. So it's sort of like weird. I don't think there's anyone who's famously into this movie. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just like, it was a little weird that she was trying to make it something that it isn't because, yeah, no one really cared. (laughs) She's there because she did a good, um, uh, what's the word? She mimicked Judy well. Yeah, she did a good impression. So it's like congrats like just take it and go and then last but not least parasite wins best picture which was such a great moment i mean it was like we knew it was a possibility but it was still felt like a long shot and especially after green book last year like (laughs) it felt like a surprise it's the first foreign film ever to win best picture this is the fourth award that bong joon ho wins in the evening the whole cast gets up there everybody's so excited the room is excited at one point they kind of like turn off the lights and try to get the, them off stage and the room is like cheering so much that then the light that the lights come back on and then another person gives a speech like it was very it was very like celebratory and yeah. i for as much as i love 1917 and think that <laughs> it like if i had had my choice i would have picked 1917 parasite is still you a very picked, good and you would have picked six movies ahead of parasite but yes well yeah. yes and and three of them were nominated but you know but that is me like top. I still love Parasite. Like it's a yeah. very good movie. I'm very thankful that it won. Mm-hmm. The the likelihood that your best or that your favorite movie out of you know how hundred or whatever that oh, you yeah. watch in a year win is also the best movie that the Academy picks up is very rare. Like yeah. I think that only time that's ever happened to me was Spotlight, and mm. so the fact that Parasite won, I was thrilled for you know like if half of these movies had won i would have been excited and parasite is such a bigger moment culturally than if 1917 had won that i was happy for like the status change that is parasite winning where if 1917 won it's like oh another 
good war movie wins, like whatever, that doesn't do anything. But Parasite mm-hmm. is like, yeah, now we have to take into effect like movies that are from other countries and, you know, yeah. about uh, different groups of people. Like those are movies that can also win Best Picture. And so I think it just opens the frame of mind when looking at movies this upcoming year of like what can win. Yeah, a lot of different things can win. You can't just assume that like it's only big budget war movies or period dramas. Yeah. And I don't know why she was chosen to do it, but Jane Fonda did a great job of announcing this. It was very dramatic, very deserved. She looked at the envelope. You could see it in her eyes, the pride, the excitement. She looks straight into the camera and she just announces parasite and then it's just like the crowd erupted like it was a very excited announcement like I think everyone in that room (laughs) you know these rich 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 people were very stoked about this uh class war movie winning and that's a conversation for another day because I was excited too it was it was very thrilling and my party (laughs) like everyone was cheering it was very very celebratory. I was very yeah. happy that it won. And and mm-hmm. now I think like more people will go see it. You know, some, somebody like yes. maybe my parents would go see this movie that they wouldn't have gone and seen before. Like, yeah. I don't know if my dad has ever seen a foreign language movie, but like might now see this because it won Best Picture and has so much buzz. So mm-hmm. I think this is good for like cinema as a whole. Do you have anything else to say about the ceremony, the presenters, well, the winners? If you if you like that Parasite won, and maybe you were one of the few who was really moved by Joaquin Phoenix's speech, you should check out Okja on Netflix, which is another Bong Joon-ho film that's uh, very much on on par with uh, Joaquin's feelings. So. Oh wow! Well, that yeah. didn't There's sell it. I don't of, know what would. Lots of. <laughs> weird moments in it that would make you think of you know i think maybe joaquin actually watched the movie recently and that's what inspired his speech so if you were inspired by uh renee zellweger's speech you can go see judy or just read (laughs) names at random from your phone book um Okay, well, that is it. This episode is going long. Thanks for listening, everybody. Follow us on social media. We'll be back next week. I I, can't, I, don't, even, I don't even know what we're talking about, but probably a movie. After all of this award stuff, we are <laughs> finally back to like regular scheduled programming, which I am excited for. <laughs> Me too. But watch, it's not actually. And it's another... <laughs> There's no more award show, so it can't yeah. be that. I don't know what else it could be. But we'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>